0: 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on.
1: Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
0: Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
2: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care.
3: The following is a presentation of Morning
0: Drive Media.
4: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Knapps, for another edition of Force Center, the main show, the big show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet, the sail barge of our party in the desert, the, uh, the pit with the uh, Han solo cooking of our ewok party Joseph I don't know what we are anymore but we're here
2: we are in the kitchen of bright tree Village I am <laughs> I'm all down
4: for that Joseph Scrimshaw is here and returning after uh, um, well I think you were sick for a while yes. and I think you were you were traveling having some well-deserved rest and then secretly appeared in target commercials for Star Wars it's Jennifer Lenda.
1: I am happy to be back from my secret adventures so much
4: <laughs> we have so many questions Jennifer, and we're going to get to those shortly. Uh, I We fully understand and respect that you had to keep it from your
2: closest Star Wars allies. I
1: know it was yeah. so difficult, but I had to.
2: But you did, and you did a good job. Yeah, you were, Not so, even Obi-Wan Kenobi. wasn't even half true. You just didn't say <laughs> anything.
4: <laughs> Wish I had that skill. Oh. I don't have that at all. But guys, we're here for another fun ad- edition. We're going to talk news, fan questions. We're going to uh, review Episode, uh, well, I guess one and two Or the movie that starts it all Of season three of Rebels We get a lot of thoughts about that And some of you might want to hear it Now, Joseph, there's some items And uh, news and notes We've got to take care of up top Yeah And uh, one thing on your mind Is the prequels
2: Yeah, so a lot of people Have been uh, tweeting And Facebooking at us About this documentary The prequels strike back uh, And asking if we will, we will uh, Watch it and talk about it Because we are prequel uh, defenders mm-hmm. And or tolerators But certainly not prequel haters mm-hmm. Here on 4Center So Um, I just wanted to acknowledge that we got all those messages And that we will watch it at some point Mm -hmm. Our lives are sort of busy and crazy so we got to find the right time to do it. But we will eventually. Thank you for all those tweets and suggestions, and it's awesome that when you guys see uh, deep discussion on prequels, you think of us, uh, and we will get to watching it.
4: And I have a feeling, I'm looking forward to seeing this like you, I have a feeling if, if this was made maybe two years from now, I think we'd be in it. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> we need to get those Force Center kids talking about the prequels. Um, interesting note, you know, TNT's been showing the the this first six Star Wars yeah. films on loop pretty much and uh, this past week. And every time... I get to the TV, and I just turn them on. The prequels are always on. I've seen maybe five seconds of Empire, and then I had to go. I was heading to a party. But I've sat down and watched all three of the prequel movies in their entirety over bits of pieces uh, and commercial breaks for oh,
2: the last wow. week. That's it, great. It's been an interesting prequel tolerator is a good way to say yeah. it, Joseph. <laughs> did you see more moments where you're like, oh, yeah, I like that moment, or more moments where you're like, you know, I
4: saw I still got a problem. several moments going, how did— how did I come around on this? Really? <laughs> yeah. Ooh. How did I come around on this? But then I saw a lot more moments that I'm like, oh, that's right. This is fun. Yeah. Stupid fun. Little moments where Kenobi and Grievous are fighting. I st- and I get it's a style of fighting, but why does Kenobi... Uh, point two fingers at Grievous and put his lightsaber in the air like he's Errol Flynn. Um, <laughs> but I love it for that. Uh, some of the dialogue. The first, you know, the first thing I clicked on. I was visiting my parents and I clicked it on. The first thing that popped up was Rick Lee going, That's us whole <laughs> planet's <laughs> a city. <laughs> oh, look, there's Chancellor Valorum waiting for us on the landing. Uh, yeah, his robes lot. are made of this material. <laughs>
3: yeah.
4: uh, oh, so that no. was good. So yeah. I don't know if you guys have had a chance where they've been on to catch them.
2: No, uh, no I haven't. I'm, I'm looking forward to. Do- I haven't done a rewatch yeah. of like all six. Uh, mm-hmm. now. Now, seven in a long time, so I think at some point here I will yeah, just sit down God. and do a rewatch. Totally. I think that that two-fingered pointing gesture for yeah. Obi-Wan is, you know, he's been fighting in the Clone Wars, so he needs... To you know, uh, get trained up into some like specific style. I think that's the intent, <laughs> that but in my mind, point. it's it's some sort of space way of flipping people off. <laughs> I like that,
4: and that is uh, we'll bring that up on Star Wars counseling. That's right. Uh, say, which, yeah. by the way, Joseph, uh, great reception from our new show Star yeah, Wars counseling. Really, really happy with it. Uh, the first one was live at Dragon Con. Other ones
2: are going to be a different style. But how do you feel, man? I feel great. Yeah. I feel great. Uh, and people have already been uh, tweeting in grievances. We'll make a formal request for grievances. Sure. Uh, yeah. And there's there's already been a Couple of like, yeah, I, I agree with that grievance. So I'm going to yeah. have to reach deep inside myself. Oh, find, I like that. Find the light because I, sometimes I agree with the darkness. I'm not all ch- light. You challenge yourself, <laughs> and that is a,
4: that is a good thing. Yeah.
2: Um, the other thing I wanted to mention real yeah. quick before we get into the the news and Jennifer's adventures is that as we're recording, it is Mark Hamill's birthday, and I feel like that should be. Acknowledge it is at at the time we're recording today on a Sunday
4: afternoon. It's Mark
2: Hamill's birthday. I saw you tweeted him a birthday I tweeted wish, him a birthday uh, a joke wish, which yeah. I thought was appropriate yeah. since he likes the comedy. And then what happened? He liked it, yeah. and then he followed me. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Mark Hamill followed if me. If you couldn't hear that over the emotional, wavering voice of Joseph Scrimshaw, normally such a powerful voice. <laughs> He's been moved to near tears. His inner 10-year-old is is burbling over. Mark Hamill, while we sat here, yeah, getting moments. ready to record, yes.
3: yeah,
2: Mark Hamill followed you he on followed Twitter. He followed me, yeah. And this is the battle of the light side and the dark side. It's filled <laughs> with joy and then immediately fear of, like, what if he unfollows me? My tweets <laughs> need to be really good now to mm. make sure that Luke Skywalker does not unfollow me. <laughs> <laughs> I I care, Lou. I care. (laughs) I care. Absolutely.
4: That is awesome. Uh, And the other uh, news and note, little housekeeping we've got to take care of, this is an audio podcast. I wish this was a video at this point because we got some gifts, my four center friends. Some beautiful artwork, hand-drawn. I do believe this is pencil. My my dad's an artist, so uh, it looks familiar to me. Um, But these are from our friend James Ito who uh, you can follow him on Twitter at ItoManJapan. He's a follower and a supporter of all of our shows and often would tweet us pictures of his his work, Uh, beautiful, detailed Star Wars uh, pictures. So, Joseph, uh, this
2: one's for you. Uh, I'll let you describe what you've received. I have received a lovely illustration of IG-88 waiting peacefully. IG-88 is just sort of staring out at the viewer. Uh, His arms are down, but he is ready to kill. You can tell. (laughs) He is ready to hunt Han Solo and or kill. <laughs> he is ready to go. So that is that. It's beautiful.
4: It's matted. It's uh, ready to hang on your wall. Uh, I received the Imperial probe droid, the probot, mm. as it were, legs uh, and and uh, robotic tentacles ak- akimbo. Uh, it, is, it is out doing its work for empire and country moments away, probably from death at the hands of the mighty Chewbacca. Um, and on the back, James has written some nice things to me and Joseph and then last but I, definitely not least, Jennifer Landa, what did you receive?
1: I was so overwhelmed by this gesture. Thank you so much, James. Oh my gosh. And it's BB. Eight and I love his stance. It looks like he's about to, to say something a little sassy, you know. Yeah,
2: he's leaning forward, yeah,
1: you know, or he's about to just roll away. Uh, <laughs> uh,
2: it's just it's really
1: it's a stunning, stunning drawing. I'm you just made
2: thinking. a BB-8 like Warner Brothers cartoon with that noise. <laughs> I think also, Joseph, we just found Jennifer's
4: impersonation wheelhouse.
2: Yeah. BB-8. Yeah. Really? Yeah, because yeah, we're always forcing you to make voices, and you're always like, oh, no, and then you do, and it's great. But BB-8 just came rolling out of you. Oh,
3: yeah. yeah.
1: I know, right? Yeah. I've been reading a lot of stories to my daughter, and in fact, I'm looking at this thinking, I think her room would be the perfect place to display this. Oh, there you so go. So gorgeous. So,
4: James, we appreciate you supporting our show and uh, taking time out of your life to share your skills with us. And sending them over. It was great. They got sent over to the Collider offices where I just happened to be. I don't work there. I just happened to be there. And Mark (laughs) Riley, I said, Oh, nice ATSD hanging on your wall. I think that's the work of James Zito, one of our fans. He was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think that stack over there is one for you in (laughs) Landon, Scrimshot. I was like, What? (laughs) What? (laughs) What? Thanks. So they got to us, James. They got to us. Guys, let's continue and move on to the news and the show proper. Um, The first news item we want to play catch up. It's been a while, Joseph. We've courted a couple episodes. Without yeah. Jennifer, like I said, which is uh, like I said, she deserves, She went, You went to Hawaii, right? I and went did. out to the islands. Oh, you deserved awesome. it. You deserved it. <laughs> Thank you. Out there with the sand, uh, uh, no beach troopers.
1: So, yes, yeah, the shore, shore troopers. troopers mm-hmm. Shore troopers. Yes.
4: Uh, <laughs> but uh, we had a lot of questions because in your absence, Jennifer, a Target ad popped up, oh, no. in which you and your husband and others were showing that inside of all of us is a rebel. <laughs> You were in a Star Wars commercial.
1: Oh my gosh, you guys. I think I think we recorded like the week after we filmed it and I wanted to just say, I'm in a t- Star Wars commercial. <laughs> but I had signed an NDA and yes. I did not want to jeopardize. I didn't want for them to cut us out of the commercial. You right. know I'm like, ah, guys. Um, but it was incredible. The the Target people, the Deutsche people, um, the advertising mm-hmm. company, they were all huge fans, which was just like, I mean, everyone was so excited to be there yeah. and they we gotta pick out a new wedding dress for me, which was just kind of surreal. Um I brought my Star Wars jewelry. Yeah. Oh, so fun.
2: Now, how did they contact you? Did they, had they heard of your, your famous Star Wars wedding?
1: They had, yeah. And so they, they selected wow. a, a group of fans, myself. There's a teacher who mm-hmm. I guess he uh, teaches Star Wars in his lessons. There's a young girl that dresses up uh, with her dad. She cosplays. Um, mm-hmm. She dressed up as Han Solo, I believe.
4: Yeah. Yes. And I remember that picture going viral at the yeah. time where her father dressed as Princess Leia because she wanted to dress as Han Solo. I think we <laughs> exactly. covered that on Jedi Alliance. So oh. I, I, yeah, that was great that it was her.
1: Yeah, and that was what was really cool, too. You know, we're at the fitting, and I, I got a talk with another Star Wars podcaster. He, mm-hmm. uh, his name is Dan. Mm-hmm. Dan Zare. And it was just cool to be around other Star Wars fans who right. are so passionate that they have implemented the fandom into their lives. You know, yeah. There's no no judgment there because we're we are all yeah. doing this. So.
2: Yeah. And the commercial itself is pretty fascinating oh, because clearly yeah. uh, well I'd be interested to hear your insights but from my perspective it's like Target is trying to move into the Rogue One selling season. Mm-hmm. So it had that theme of we're all rebels which really connects to Rogue One. Mm-hmm but it was also this very s- classic story of of people incorporating star wars into their life which kind of suggests that that's a form of rebellion but <laughs> also they also want you to make it uh, seem make you feel like it's very normal to incorporate star wars in your life. So as the first time I was watching it I was already thinking through those things and thinking wow. we should talk about that on Force Center right. with Jennifer who's right there <laughs> on the screen. <laughs> 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 yeah.
4: So
1: yeah. That's a yeah. really great way of, of viewing that. And mm-hmm. I, that's exactly what they're like, you know, being a rebel because I guess I didn't really think of me do, having a Star Wars wedding as being rebellious. Yeah. But it is, in some mm-hmm. sense, especially with my mother, let me tell
5: you. <laughs> um, and hearing the other
1: fan stories, you know? It's yeah. like, not everyone lives this lifestyle that, that we live. Right. And that's okay, but it's pretty awesome that we get to share these Star Wars moments. So, so great. Yeah, it was really exciting. We got to do like a voice of recession, where it was just all very real and organic. They just were asking us questions about yeah. being a Star Wars fan and things that resonated with us. Yeah,
2: but your voice is so amazing, which we get to enjoy on the oh, podcast, uh, but it was really, really cool to hear it in the commercial. Oh, uh,
1: yeah. It was amazing, too, because it was all green screen, right? right? And it was just this platform, and there were these markers, and then the camera would swoop in. We, I knew it was yeah. going to be a dramatic shot, but I had no idea that there was going to be you know two rows of stormtroopers. Yeah. Yeah. So when I saw that, it like took my breath away. I'm oh, like, what? Wow. What if my wedding had really been like
4: that? <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of felt like Liam Neeson at the watching <laughs> *Phantom Menace* for the first time. You're like, oh, I didn't know that's the movie I was making. <laughs> right, right. Um That's that's so awesome. And then you guys a follow up. You guys got interviewed I believe, by Dave Collins, right? And appeared yes. on the *Star Wars* show, which I watch every Wednesday and tuned in on YouTube. And I was like,
1: oh, there she is again. Me too. I couldn't believe it when Lucas filmed, They're like, oh, we want to come to your house. I'm like, oh. Great. Okay. Wonderful. It was so fun. And the yeah. StarWars.com team is just awesome. Dave Collins is awesome. Yeah. So, ugh, what a dream.
2: You know, do you know why they. They were coming to talk to you about having done that Target commercial, right? Yes. So do you know why they picked you out?
1: Well, I know that, you know, when we were recording the voiceover sessions, we talked a lot about why Star Wars is important to us. And one of the things I talked about was my childhood, and I've mentioned here, about Mm. how it was really a positive um, thing for me um, and a source of hope growing up as a kid. So they were like, you know, we'd love for you to talk about that, and we can meet your daughter Mm. and and see – your home. So.
4: Yeah, yeah. And it, it was a you know, short little video package they'd edited right. on the show, but I love seeing in the background things I know more about, like the Jabba pillow that you made yourself and other yeah. things. So I was like, was like, oh, look at that. It's, it's, it's seen the light of day, like on a grand scale. A lot of people are looking at this and seeing your love of Star Wars and, and your husband's love of Star Wars and, and, and of course, your daughter's. Love of Star Wars, whether she knows it or not, yeah. she, it'll be that. She's Her there. Her burgeoning
2: love. I did pause <laughs> and look at all of your toys a lot. You did. I did. Oh yeah, oh, I did. That's not I even did.
1: all of them. I felt I was like, you guys, we got awesome. just moved last year, and you know, because we have a baby, I can't display everything. But then I was like, oh, I guess we do have some stuff. The Jar Jar chair, you know, and things like that. <laughs> it's all there. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, well, we are so pleased to see that, Jennifer, and uh, I totally understand secrecy. You should work for the Empire. <laughs> yeah. Your secrecy.
1: I used to work for Disneyland, so that's where I learned. So kind
4: of. <laughs> uh, and, and just congratulations to you and your husband uh, Aww, for getting that you. opportunity. What yeah. a lifetime uh, dream for a Star Wars fan. And I what hope you a have dream? a
2: great time when you leave here today and then go do some reshoots for episode eight, which I'm sure you're in. <laughs> that you haven't told us about. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah,
4: absolutely. And, and Maybe. I'm sure you're, you're uh, probably in Rogue One too uh, as well, uh, Mon Mothma's assistant. All that stuff. But uh, that's the top news. But Jennifer, there's other news which you have brought to the table today. We're going to discuss uh, quickly before we move into our Rebels review and discussion but what's on the docket docket
1: Yes, so according to Film Stage, uh, this website, Radford Young has been hired as a cinematographer for the upcoming Han Solo and Shethology film. He is perhaps best known for his work on Selma, A Most Violent Year, uh, which happened to star Poe Dameron, Oscar Isaac. Uh, in an interview with E.T.F.I. School of Photography, Bradford talked about the importance of creating atmosphere in a film, and he said that as a cinematographer, it's your job to create an atmosphere that will evoke emotions and make your audience feel like they're right there with these characters. Mm. I thought that was so cool to hear him say that because it really kind of gave us a glimpse, perhaps, about what this Han Solo movie is gonna be mm. like. He also did this film, uh, that was kind of had like a Western style, starring Casey Affleck. Mm. And he's uh, was a cinematographer of the new Amy Adams film coming out, Arrival, which yeah. is a sci-fi film. Oh wow. Yeah, it looks so great. he's really gonna bring something special, I think, uh, yeah. to this film. What do you guys think? think about that about his hiring.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm it's great. I mean, for me it is it's interesting the whole uh, arc of Star Wars as a B movie done as a big budget movie was mm-hmm. the the original sort of revolution mm-hmm. of it that Lucas wanted to take these things that used to be really cheaply made mm-hmm. and make them is incredibly with as much skill as possible in terms of special effects. So it's interesting to, as it evolves to see things like uh, you know, this where the quality of just like the film in so many different ways is increasing to be like well this is going to be like an Oscar award winning movie at least in visuals even Mm. if it is still just young Han Solo making quips and shooting people.
4: Right. Right. It's going
2: to look 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 pretty Yeah (laughs) Real (laughs) real
4: real pretty You know for me And I've been in and around The film industry Or the filmmaking world uh, Since my late teens Um, I I, uh, Familiar with his work By Seen it on a list I wouldn't know him uh, Couldn't pick him out of a lineup because I, I, To me using a sports reference this is like A football team using a first round pick On an offensive lineman it's not a Sexy pick it's not a quarterback it's not a Superstar but it's the guy you need to build your Team around mm-hmm. so I look at that and go Oh I, I, this is a Cinematographer with some gravitas and some Skills and that is a, a good Pick uh, by this team To yeah. really build this movie Around um, that that's You know got high expectations and we're all, as fans, like, I love, Maybe okay, we'll see. And at least we know they are, they are building it the right way, and that's, and that's that's comforting to me as a fan.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, I love, uh, what was it, uh, Lord and, and Miller. I think they're going to mm-hmm. bring a lot of fun to it. They're going to bring the adventure. Right. But for me, Bradford Young is going to ground it. I think his style uh, is going to really, really good point. Yeah. show the humanity of these characters. So, you know, mm-hmm. we're not gonna, just going to get carried away with this adventure, but there's going to be these moments where we're going to really get to know Han Solo right. Lando Yeah
2: there's that shot in Empire when Luke is leaving Hoth and there's a moment where Han looks worried and sad hmm. up there you know and it makes me think like are we going to have some more moody moments like that I think that so. we don't normally associate with Han where there's mm-hmm. like you know an amazing sunset and Han's really thinking about something. Like, this is a guy who can capture that. Exactly. That's a really good point. Yeah. Good stuff.
1: So that's exciting. Uh, so if you thought that 2020 was the end of Star Wars movies, <laughs> aha, think again. Disney chief Bob Iger spoke at Goldman Sachs' um, C- Communicopia <laughs> conference. I never say that. And they
5: uh, Ironic. <laughs> right?
1: And he said that uh, him and Kathleen Kennedy have mapped out what they will do in 2021 and beyond. He said... Quote, so she's not just making a Star Wars movie, she's making a Star Wars universe of sorts. He also said that he has seen Rogue One, and he said that it's, quote, really interesting in terms of storytelling. <laughs> and he called the film, quote, a spin off experiment. Uh, which which would you like to unpack first? I think that's
2: some great communa <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think it seems almost a little like sometimes there's are these kind of organizations that get reported like they're press releases and they're mm. not mm. they're internal. Right. Yeah. But they're not internal, so we get these very weird, like, not market-prepared statements. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I cover
2: a lot of these stories. I cover this
4: one for Schmoes, and uh, uh, this week in particular, at the time that we're recording this, uh, it would be last week, um, there was a couple of these stories where CEOs or big wigs, the Warner Brothers DC guy saying, hey, we... We could have done better. Uh, and then you had uh, uh, Bonaventure, DeBonaventure bon- De saying, uh, you know, we're uh, we're not making enough R-rated movies for uh, males at age 25. We need to be doing that more. And it was these weird, big, like you said, but they were not, Joseph's stories to press people—they were just overheard at conventions, and then the biggest one was Iger at the Goldman Sachs uh, Communicopia, as I called the place where Satan is finding the next white-collar soul to buy. Um, <laughs> is uh, Iger said this, and the news that ah, Rogue One—we're not expecting it to make as much money as Force Awakens. It's like, well, yeah, no duh. Right. Yeah. So you're right, people are we're, were discussing it like it's a news story, but these these go to the public as Iger says, and I think it's just Iger
2: talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Iger maybe. Be not uh, being in the Star Wars bubble for sure. A couple, a couple other yeah. things that I heard is that he s- said he had a heard a pitch from Colin Trevorrow about Episode Nine, which right. is backtracking from what we've heard before about the amount of development it has. Because we've right. heard before that Ryan Johnson had already been working on the script, right? So, like, yeah, is that right. like, mm-hmm. are you? I, I don't understand what's coming out of your <laughs> communicopia there, I guess. <laughs> yes. uh, And then, this is really weird. I couldn't find any other verification, but the Rolling Stone article about this claimed that he said that Rogue One and Han Solo are forming a trilogy with whatever the movie in 2020 is. Whoa. Which is oh, the, the huge, unnamed standalone yeah, film then. the, un, the unnamed standalone film that they're clearly working on is huh. a part of... They're not calling it phases yet, but this clearly... Phase one. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah. in 2021 and beyond, he did separate out Is We're talking about that. That's phase two. They're not going to use those so terms it is, yet. It is the MCU, as yeah. we expected. Not a surprise. Interesting. <laughs> I have to, like, dig that up. Yeah. yeah. So I, I couldn't find any other reference for it, but the Rolling Stone... I saw the Rolling Stone article a couple of days ago. I was like, this is going to be huge. But it, it, it says that he says that. It's not a direct quote. Mm-hmm. So maybe it is just more mm-hmm. bad communication. But, man, yeah. that would be... W- Right now, I feel like Rogue One and Han Solo are in enough of the same era, enough of the same not-Jedi stuff, that Mm -hmm. if it was a Boba Fett movie, it could slot right in. But if it was Yoda? Like, how is that a trilogy? That wouldn't make sense, yeah. Yeah. And they're doing the the yoga...
4: The yoga thing. (laughs) I need to do yoga. Uh, They're doing the Yoda comic. Marvel short... I think it's a short-run series Mm -hmm. um, that's going to go more into his past, I guess. Maybe him and Yaddle on our first date or something. I don't know. But... um, So that wouldn't fit, but Boba Fett, and I'm saying this kind of begrudgingly would fit. Yeah. I
1: don't want it. I'm sorry. I don't want a Boba Fett movie. I actually thought that it was interesting how he's called it a (laughs) spin-off experiment. Yeah. Because I was thinking, is he saying it's an experiment because these are characters... Yes, it's a well-known story in some sense, but the characters are not really well-known. So is it an experiment for that reason? And if it doesn't do well, they're going to be like, we're only sticking with Boba Fetts and Han Solo's. Or is it just kind of a... Like you're talking about.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it was originally pitched to the public as we can just tell any story anywhere in Star Wars. And I feel like that would be strong. But maybe they're getting a little scared of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're hedging their bets that if Rogue One is lighter than they want, they've already got a few ties to Han Solo so they can sort of pivot to, well, we're not going to do random standalone stories. Yeah. We're going to do these little pockets of connected stories. Ah, so I wonder if right. he's hedging his bets at least to investors
4: or. Well, and that's yeah, with that these kind sense. of conventions and talks. A lot of it is Iger in a conference call to investors. Yeah. Not this particular story, but other stories have been that. So yeah, you're right. Uh, they, they he might be, yeah, yeah. It might be kind of like, uh, don't worry. Are you getting the star Wars you like's like is going to be there to people who are uh, not star Wars fans, but just other business in the bottom line. So mm. I would hate to see that, that, gets us just the Boba Fetts or the you know I, I, what I love so much about Rogue One as I've said before is that crawling into a little corner of a story that's been aligned I j- did see the New Hope um, part on TNT where Vader and and Leia are talking and he's yeah. like no you're lying a rebel group of rebel spies beamed the plans to to this ship and I'm like I actually got like nerd chills I was like oh we're gonna oh, yeah. get that whole oh. story yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want more of those moments and I would hate to see Disney back off on that because they need to put a Boba Fett in or something like that. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. So yeah, I feel like we could talk about that uh, uh, that whole trilogy idea yeah. for a long time. Yeah,
4: and, Ooh, and then boy. also the
2: twenty twenty one and beyond is fascinating. But
4: couldn't. All right, we'll move on to the story oh, here, don't. but quickly, yeah. quickly. Just, couldn't, though, you also argue <laughs> that Obi-Wan
2: in the Desert could tie into that as the third movie? I could argue that for hours. Right. Oh, and yeah. hours. Yeah. Oh, in fact, it should. Oh. Yes. Uh, so maybe that's it. Maybe they still haven't decided what they're making in 2020. Wouldn't that get... be amazing if they yeah. were developing a couple different things? Yeah. Mm. I mean, 2020 is, in movie years, real, real close. It very close. very, uh, very uh, close. But it's weird that they haven't made an announcement, so maybe they are developing... I mean, I mean, Rogue One's
4: going to end 10 minutes before New Hope, but at the same time, if you're playing around with Han and Lando before all this, and then, you know, it's all building up to that New Hope, and that New Hope is sitting on a desert. Yep. Boister yeah. farming.
2: Yeah, the brief hope. That's what they could call it. <laughs> the, <laughs>
1: the brief, brief hope.
2: hope. Obi-Wan Kenobi, a brief hope. So there's still hope for an <laughs> Obi-Wan movie. That's right. My friends, there's keep still keep hope. Keep hashtagging. Still a chance
1: Well, uh, let's talk about Star Wars Rebels because some changes are happening there with the crew. As of season three, Justin Rich has taken over as supervising director of Star Wars Rebels. Dave Filoni remains on the series as executive producer and, of course, has been actively involved in promoting this new season. Um, Justin Rich actually previously worked as an episodic director on both the Clone Wars and Rebels. So some fans are speculating that Dave Filoni is freeing up his schedule because he's going to begin working on another Star Wars Mm. episode animated series Mm. and in fact Disney ABC co-chairman Ben Sherwood shared that they are indeed in ongoing conversations with Lucasfilm on what the next Star Wars animated show will be so what do you guys think Dave Filoni stepping away from Rebels means? Anything?
4: I I, I read... This is the story I study the most going into this because it's interesting to me. Um, Justin Ridge has a pedigree with this stuff, uh, doing um, the last airbender, but also did a lot of work on Clone Wars and and Rebels so far, directing and writing or whatever, being involved in the process. So it just seems like Filoni is... I saw Pablo Hidalgo tweet that, hey, look at it this way. Filoni is now Justin's George, Mm -hmm. uh, whereas George was... George to Filoni Mm -hmm. Um, So it makes sense Filoni's got the bigger picture I'm curious about the next show I hope they have an opportunity to maybe go primetime Fox or primetime this or primetime that or Netflix original series, yeah. something like that, so they could be a little more dull. We were talking offline about how Clone Wars was originally the hope of a Sunday night show on Fox. It didn't yeah. happen. Uh, I'm not, so I'm not worried. I'm not worried. There's other things about Rebels, but <laughs> we can discuss we'll that in a bit. That, but yeah. I, I it, it seems like a smart move.
2: Yeah, yeah, to me it seemed like confirmation that they are working on mm-hmm. a new series, which also confirms to me that I think Rebels has – a a a Lifespan A shelf life Of running into Rogue One And A New Hope Where it should Naturally end And mm-hmm. it shouldn't be The kind of thing That it goes on and on And that seems to me That like oh It's maybe got Two or three years left Maxes Which is the rumors We've heard yeah. before Here's my crazy Prediction Slash hope I was thinking about What would they do If they were like Already gearing up For three or four years From now mm-hmm. Something's gonna debut we have this conversation all the time of where do we have room in the timeline so you can really ex- tell an expansive story right. and i thought well what is luke doing After Return of the Jedi, Mm. even the books in the comic books are not touching that. Right. We just got in Bloodline. He just went away. And then it's like, well, but Mark Hamill is a really busy actor who is a incredibly uh, talented voice actor, even more of anybody in Star Wars. Yeah. It just sort of like it. If Mm. we're one of those like this couldn't possibly happen fan fantasies, it actually makes sense that Mark Hamill would be like, yeah, sure. Why not? I'll yeah. I'll shuffle down in my robe and I'll uh, no offense yeah. to Mark Hamill who now follows me. I'm sure you put on nice clothes when you go to the recording studio. But like, why not? Yeah. Oh why gosh. not?
4: Why not a a uh, uh, Skywalker post Jedi uh, post uh, Shattered Empire
2: story? Yeah. Oh wow. <sighs> why not the adventures of Luke Skywalker Sunday at Fox? Like, how yeah. could you get more centrally? Like, let's blow the doors off this place by mm-hmm. not skirting around the edges and having to introduce yet another precocious Jedi, uh, precocious mm-hmm. kid who yeah. may or may not fall the dark side. Why not just Luke Skywalker's got a lightsaber and is trying to decide mm-hmm. what to do with himself after Return of the Jedi? Because we already know from Bloodline, he just kind of goes, yeah, and does something, yeah.
3: Wow.
4: That's great because it's clearly you're right. It's it's been pretty obvious that uh, you know it's not addressed in Force Awakens much other than the, the visions of Ray and you know something with the Knights of Ren and uh, the comics other than Shattered Empire, uh, yeah. which is a four four short four issue run and it's right after Return right of the Jedi. after seconds after Return of the Jedi. Um, other than that, yeah, there's a big giant blank space that just to me shows that they're going to deal with it, but. Hamill being his age that he is, if he's listening, he is a a perfect uh, specimen of a man in his early 60s. And I strive to be wearing those kind of Chuck Taylors at that age, too. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, that's that that would solve it. Yeah. I love that. So then you guys think
1: it would be more on like a primetime, not not the Disney XD, obviously not Cartoon Network, more of like an, an ABC Fox. Yeah,
2: I mean, I think Fox is kind of a a perfect home for it in a way. Uh, But something like, yeah, what would lure a huge network to say, like, yeah, we think we can really get numbers on Star Wars. Like Mm -hmm. one of the stars of the original trilogy who also happens to be an amazing voice actor and loves doing voice acting. And then you also wouldn't need to
4: rely on, hey, can, can Harrison do it or Carrie Fisher do it? or anything, Because it's centered around Luke. So you can create all the new characters you need to do to get new toys and marketing and yeah. all that stuff. But it's centered around Luke. Um, yeah, Netflix would be a, a spot, too, because they're yeah. making that push for 50 cent, 50% original programming. They've done oh, so right. good with Marvel. So we trust them now as a, yeah. as a content uh, provider and creator. Uh, yeah, I think we've got it. It's sold. Go picture. <laughs> Love it. Greenlit. Yes. Greenlit. Yeah. Greenlit. Uh, uh, so that is uh, our look at news, right, Jennifer? No other uh, outstanding stories. A lot, lot going on uh, in the in that uh, realm. But we do want to get to our main topic today, which is discussing uh, the first uh, episode slash second episode slash short film that starts <laughs> season three of Rebels. And uh, it uh, aired over this past weekend. I just finally dove into it this morning. Forgot I had recorded it. It was like, oh, that's right. That started. And we're doing a show on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I was able to dive in, and uh it is uh i forgot the title already steps into shadow. stepping I think. Uh, 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 steps, the steps into shadow. shadows and light which is the second wilson phillips album no uh yeah you're you're right um and it is uh, this season is a highly anticipated season, i think more than the previous two seasons yeah season one was curiosity season two was I hope my curiosity didn't burn me, Um, but season three's got some... We we think it's going in... uh, Steps into the shadow, sorry. I distracted by my own phone (laughs) finally working. Um, This is anticipated because there's some promise of darkness.
2: Yeah, and I think yeah, the promise of following the Harry Potter model of... As the the viewers get older with the characters, it's going Mm -hmm. to get darker and more serious and scarier. Yeah. And uh, I believe they bumped back the time of the show as well. Um, Yeah. And I think that this first episode paid off on that Mm -hmm. a little bit of we're going to see Ezra going a little bit darker. A little darker. Uh, yeah. Well, before we dive too deep into it, um, I watched it live, uh, okay. which was really fun because I got I got myself all excited for it. My wife uh, made us martinis, Aww, so honey. there's Beautiful. a nice contrast. Before, like, I'm going to watch this show that is allegedly for kids, but it's getting a little darker. It's 8:30. <laughs> I got a martini. It was an interesting, experience. and I watched all the commercials, which <laughs> is an experience unto itself. So that was sort of my viewing experience. But Jennifer, I wanted to be sure before we dive deep into details to get your general reaction because I know you haven't been following along no. in Rebels. Of your your busy life raising a Padawan, mm. uh, but you watched last night's premiere.
1: I, yes, I watched it actually this morning. But what was interesting, I, I saw on Twitter people were going nuts, live tweeting, mm. sharing their excitement. Grand Admiral Thrawn, you know, Kanan, this and that. So I want to be a part of this. I can't. There is a part of me though that, being a new parent, I mm. do view it a little bit like a parent. Yeah. you know where i'm like oh this this storyline is clearly geared for, for kids right. um so i don't know if that kind of affects the way that i yeah it does it does affect the way that i see it but there were some great moments and so mm-hmm. i would like to watch it again
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you, know you had if you had all the time in the world if somebody yeah. just said like we can freeze time would you want to catch up on the first two seasons or do you feel a, a little bit ambivalent about it
1: Yeah I was thinking about that cuz I'm like with the Clone Wars I I loved watching it I want I mean there were some you know episodes where maybe it was okay if I missed it but there was something mm-hmm. about it that I I really it resonated with me Yeah mm-hmm. this show Which, I guess, is kind of good. I can come in and and enjoy an episode, but I don't really Mm -hmm. feel like I need to keep up with it.
2: Yeah. I -hmm.
1: don't know. Maybe I'm missing something. I don't know.
2: I think uh, think we've all wrestled with it here Mm -hmm. on on this podcast. I think there is some part of it that is still battling for what it is. And I think this episode, this premiere, Mm -hmm. really showed that in that either there is a, a, a real decision to... Go back and forth on tone, which is fine because Star Wars does, but I feel like it started out so Disney mm-hmm. right. and then the second season it brought in a lot of characters from the Clone Wars, and it became much more ingrained in in the big picture of the Star Wars story, uh but it's still just fighting a little bit for like what what exactly is this show? Who is this show for mm-hmm. and Clone Wars feels. Organic because it is George Lucas just Mm -hmm. vomiting weirdness out of his brain and it being executed by really good storytellers. But it. it it is exactly just like George's, you know, fever dreams of this is what I would like to see happen sometimes. So go for it. And Which sometimes just, it's great. And sometimes it's weird.
4: called Mortis. <laughs> I want to put everyone on it. There's, there's a father a, and it's a son. Yeah, I
1: and love that. Friday. That's what yeah. I loved about the Clone Wars, yeah. you know? And that's, yeah. that's my question. Who Who is this show for? Because the people that I follow, they're like in their 20s and they are mm. obsessed. Yeah. But I'm like, if I'm eight... Mm-hmm. I'm like, is this going to work for me? Am I going to enjoy this? Certainly like a five-year-old, they should be watching the Freemaker Adventures, right, you know, right. the Lego show. Yeah. So who is this for?
4: And I think that too, I think as, as it grows, and it's part of, probably part of their plan, but I, I still sense, and I don't have any inside, inside knowledge on it, but it, like a, a little bit of a, a struggle in the sense of it probably was greenlit as a kids show, mm-hmm. um, and maybe Filoni and team and now Justin Ridge are like fighting to, nope, nope, let's take it to different areas but it's still on Disney XD because that's what this episode felt like. There was dark moments mm-hmm. uh, and I, I don't want to break down scene by scene, but but overall, I mean, there was dark moments, some death, some murder, <laughs> yeah. really. Yeah. Some um, hero murder. Yeah. yeah, People just being murdered by Ezra. Yeah. Um, right. Just guys show up to work as stormtroopers then they're dead. They're just dead now. Um, and, and then the the tone shift, which you, uh, you're absolutely right. I don't want serious dark Star Wars all the time. Um, I like the, the character of Hondo, who is f- uh, once again figure, figured in Prominently into the story, but that you got that there's just little moments where it pulls me out of the story all the time. Where even someone like Thrawn showing up um, seemed important, definitely important, but secondary. Yeah,
2: to weird little moments. You know, I think maybe here's my yeah. I think here's my rebel's uh, opinion. I think is I like every ingredient on the table. But the dish that comes together just tastes a little weird Mm -hmm. to me Because every time I try to break down what I don't There's only one thing in all of Rebels that Mm. I actively dislike Mm. And that is the thin lightsabers It annoys me to no end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like that they based it yeah. all on the Ralph McQuarrie early concept stuff. Yeah. But I just, like, I just want to reach into the screen and just widen the <laughs> lightsabers <laughs> just a little, <laughs> I make a pinching, pinching gesture at the screen. Really like, true. just widen just them just a little. Yeah. That's the only thing in all of Rebels that are just like, I straight up don't like that. Yeah. Every other thing I like, in some episodes it gels incredibly well. The the season two climax is one of my yeah. favorite things yeah. I've ever seen in Star Wars. That
1: was great. Yeah. everything
2: gels. But then episodes like this... I love all all the individual parts, and yet it it doesn't gel because I think maybe they just haven't figured out uh, exactly how to make it work. as kind of an ensemble show that is also Ezra's show.
4: Yeah, and it's it's tough for the three of us who are generally pretty positive Star Wars fans. I think we're definitely and with this broadcast, we try to, you know, make sure we're keeping that tone of celebration. So there was a lot to enjoy in this, which we'll start going into. But yeah, at the end of the day, when the episode ended this morning, I was like, well, I better get to the gym. <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm running late. I'm um, not going, wow. Thrawn showed up. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and, and there was some stuff about the battle. They make reference to why he's there. He just cleared out a bunch of rebels in another cell and yeah. took a lot of civilians with him. And I'm like, well, that's going to be the book that's mm. probably coming out. Right. right. Um, we're going to hear that story. Um, great. Cool. I'll wait for that book. I got to go. Mm. <laughs> and that's not what I wanted to fill. So, number one, if you're out there listening, uh, before we dive even more to this, I think you know if you're Force Center regulars that we want to hear why you liked it and why you love the yeah. series. If you're out there, join this conversation. Going forward, hashtag Force Center. We'll talk with you. Go on our Facebook page and write us and tell us, um, not to convince us. We f- are going to feel what we feel. But uh, this is a discussion from three people who are probably older. I'd love to bring a twelve-year-old on the show if we could to discuss <laughs> the rebels right now. We can. Um, but uh, that said, though, Joseph and Jennifer, there was a lot of things we didn't enjoy in this episode. Yeah. We can start digging in there. Um, I'll start. Y wings, <laughs> oh, yay! Y <yeah>, yeah. wings, <laughs> team Y wing. If you've been following me since the Jedi. Days, or if you've been my friend since the second grade, <laughs> you know that Y-Wings are my favorite Star Wars ship. They're the workhorse of the Rebel fleet. And we got to see, really, how that began in this episode. The Y-Wings had appeared previously... Uh, the creation kind of popped up And the B-Wings, excuse me, the B-Wings had been there So we yeah. other ships are coming in um, The Y-Wings, of course, were in the Clone Wars as well Modified versions, which is why I like Captain Rex Like saying, hey, you know, they, they don't look like much But they're good, they're sturdy, yeah, yeah. They'll do the job, yeah. <laughs> um, But it was a good focal point, but it all leads to The moment I know we'll start uh, It was a favor for you, Joseph, yeah. was that, hey, these And they only got five of them uh, Are going to General Jan Dodonna's Yep, Rebel
2: side. I made a noise, yeah. and my wife was like what does that mean? It's so like, it's just from a new hope. <laughs> I just got real excited because it's just directly tied yeah. to, uh, well, and I, I, I like the, I, one of the things that I like about Rebels is that building up that the idea that there are cells that are slowly coming mm-hmm. together. Um, Which makes sense, it, lo- logically. Yeah, it yeah. makes sense. It leaves them lots of elbow room storytelling wise uh, it, and it also tells the story of, well, as the Rebels become more together, more of a force, it does leave them more exposed because everybody knows more. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and also just a little bit of that tragedy of Star Wars, where you say, "I know exactly what's going to happen to those Y-wings." Yeah, only one is going to make it out of
4: the Death Star. Yeah, absolutely, and then that's why I got those little Star Wars nerd chills uh, yeah. where I looked at when they came back, and she said, "Hey, they're going to go I'm like, "That oh, those things are going to attack the Death Star."
1: Oh my god, yeah!
4: they're going <laughs> to die. They're all going to die. Um, Jennifer, did you did you react emotionally to the Y-wings as I did?
1: Um, only because I knew that you'd be excited. I was like, oh. My work here is done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm, the thing that actually really got me excited was the scene with mm. uh, Kanan and... Kanan, is that that? Yeah, character? Kanan oh, and yeah, Caleb was, Doom, yes. Yeah. Kanan and Bendu. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Bendu. Yeah. Whoa. Freddie Prince Jr. Mm. really grounded that for me. Yes. It was where I was like, oh, if the show is like this, I can get behind that. Like, mm-hmm. it was so powerful. And it almost reminded me of, like, meditation. Mm. You know, well, Jedi, obviously. Yeah. Quieting your mind, listening to your surroundings. What do you see? What do you feel? What is that fear? Oh, it's me. Right. Spiders. Like, ah. Yeah. Oh.
4: <laughs>
1: I loved that. Yeah. Scene.
4: Very yeah, reminiscent scenes. of some of the better stuff that we were just even talking about in, Clone Wars.
2: in course, Yes. Yeah. And I, that was a huge favorite for me. I would have enjoyed it anyway, but huge nerd chills for me. Bendu is voiced by Tom Baker, the fourth doctor. I'm a yes. huge. Doctor Who fan. Uh, I love Tom Baker. I do a story in my stand up about meeting him and getting mm-hmm. him to sign, taking a picture with him. He demanded to take a picture with my wife Sarah, and he leered at her in the photo. And it's <laughs> he's just in a in a like fun, funny way because oh, he's like, great. "I'm going to look at you." <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I I have great uh, great fondness for Tom Baker and think he's perfectly cast. But for me to hear. The fourth Doctor say Jedi Knight mm-hmm. Is like uh, huge Huge nerd chills for me mm. All of that aside I love the scene for What it was and I yeah. think maybe That's getting to some of our, our criticism I feel like that whole interaction between Kanan and the Bendu would have been a whole episode of the Clone Wars.
1: Mm. Yes. And I think yeah. maybe that's
2: yes. it. It's like the Clone Wars did juggle a lot of characters, but they did this weird anthology thing where you just don't see Obi-Wan for six episodes. Right. But whoever you're spending time with, you're spending time with them. Right. And I think th- I want to spend more time with every character. Yeah. And I would have loved that whole Bendu thing and the whole learning to accept his own fear and function being blind right. to have even more room to explore. And we're, we're
4: definitely the characters going to be around which is I was worried it was a one-time thing in yeah. the previews for next week um... Uh Put that aside But uh, uh, You know I loved we, we'd, This character was revealed At uh, Was a Comic Con Or Celebrations One or the other Or the same Or the both Where we knew The Bendu was coming Which of course yeah. ties to What the Jedi Bendu Were called initially By Lucas So I love immediately That we're now tied To some of the bigger themes In uh, the, the world of the Force Yeah And there's bigger questions Probably coming Bigger answers But it did feel short change Where to me uh, Great valuable lesson By Kanan As you said Jennifer but it was like, oh, uh, that's all we got. He needs. I got it now. I
1: know. I wanted more. I'm, I'm
4: afraid of spiders, but I shan't be anymore.
2: Yeah. Oh. And like, and hopefully we will get more about like, so why are you hanging out on this planet? Are there more of you? Are mm-hmm. you the Bendu? Right. Would, if you are the balance, if you are in between, but clearly a force user, do you have, would you maybe maybe getting up and uh, coming and destroying <laughs> yeah. the emperor with me? <laughs> maybe. Yeah. you like that? I love the uh,
4: quote. I've got it up here. Jedi and Sith wield the Ashla. And Boggan, which is also something Boggan ties into some of Lucas's early scripts. Yeah. The
2: light and the dark. I am the one in the middle. The Bendu. Um, that yeah. You know what he reminds me of is a, a well-executed version of like Tom Bombadil from Lord uh-huh. of the Rings, where like this yeah. sort of he seems like this powerful figure who's maybe like I am not going to get into the fray. I am right. just observing. Like, sure, I, I could maybe wave my hand and you know destroy a planet, but That's I would right. never do that. The Force would not want that. Yeah. So
4: shows a lot of promise that's yeah. what was so good about this it delivered it wasn't just a, a, a fan nerd casting for you Joseph it delivered on the promise yeah. uh, Jennifer valuable lessons in there and for me I love the character of Kanan in the, and not just because I currently have his hairstyle but um, <laughs> um, but it, it, it uh, that character does have an interesting arc and I think it's going to be a tragic ending for the characters my mm-hmm. prediction um, but from his his, his beginnings and the Kanan comic is great and his adventures it's just another wrinkle in this, in this really interesting Interesting. Well executed. Freddie Prinze Jr. does an excellent job, uh, and I'm going to tell him that as I defeat him in the schmodown That's <laughs> right. Oh. Uh, so that part was definitely a highlight. Yeah, like I kept wanting to go back to that. Yeah. Me too.
2: Well, and I think I, I like it, it fights any any feeling of Disneyfication to mm. have the willingness to have characters change, right. and that's what was really nice about this to see mm. uh, just visually the characters are changing and to have such like a dramatic. Injury, emotionally and physically, yeah. to Kanan is awesome. Yeah, shows growth
4: and, and speed of characters changing right from the getting. Uh, Ezra has grown up. His hair is shorter. He's uh, he's now probably uh, late uh, mid to late teens now. Uh, what, are, what, are, what did he start at thirteen, fourteen? So we're yeah. They, th- they keep the t- so he's about sixteen now. Yeah, I think yeah. we're moving year by year. Yeah, yeah, year by year. Um, we're only two years away from the Battle of Yavin. By the yeah. way, yeah, oh. so close, so close. Um, those white wings have two years to live. <laughs> those white wings short short leash. Um, lots going on with Ezra, and the first thing um, he is you know tapping into this dark side, and I thought it was an excellent kind of almost spooky way that he just the way he destroyed those
2: stormtroopers was yeah well executed to be no pun intended yeah <laughs> i also liked i expected at the end of season two when he opens the sith holocron that it would be this sort of slow creeping mm-hmm. maybe the dark side is influencing him every once in a while we get a shot of it in the corner i love that he's just opening it up and it's like you got any ideas about how I should kill people more effectively? <laughs> so our missions and the holocron speaking to him is like, yeah, choke him like this. Like, I, I like that. I like those moments in Rebels. And I think they're successful at having moments where the overall arc of a, a young person tempted by the dark side is familiar to, to us. Mm-hmm. And moments where just like, oh, we haven't seen that before. We haven't yeah. seen somebody just going like, yep, I think I'm fully investing.
1: Yeah, mm.
2: as a parent, Jennifer, how did you take
4: to this scene?
1: You know what really kind of got me was when when Kanan comes in. and He's like, "What's this?" Reminded me of like, you know, he's how, you're, are you are using steroids. Yeah. You don't yeah. need this yeah. kind of enhancement. <laughs> like, I just couldn't help but thinking, "Well, this is a great lesson for kids." But as an adult, I did feel like it was a you know a yeah, little don't uh, do
2: holocrons, don't, kids.
5: Exactly.
1: <laughs> but I I loved well Nika mm. Futterman right mm. who does a voice of Asajj Ventress mm. and her hearing her. Voice, I was like, "Ooh, mm-hmm, I would be mm-hmm. tempted too." Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, that was interesting. I really actually liked that scene where he did, you know, use the Jedi mind trick to mm. kill the stormtroopers. It went really dark, and I thought, "Oh my gosh!" Are, are well,
4: this- the way they they, they did it again—I talk about the ex- execution of it—is is where, where he, you've seen his hand control everything, yeah. so it was very slow and methodical, and. With no blood and guts Gruesome in a way Yeah, Because they did a couple There was a mask on it They didn't humanize the trooper But like they kept the mask down um, And so you're looking at just a guy Again doing his job It's a, it's. I don't mean it in those sense These are the bad guys But, yeah. but like he's, he's He's Doing his work He's at work He's shooting the bad guys As he's supposed to uh, The rebels As he sees them As bad guys And to know that this guy's Slowly dying essentially And, mm. and Ezra's doing it And you see it And then with the walk Watching his foot walk off, that to me belongs in any form of Star Wars media so yeah. well. Yeah, and then that great, great button of when did Kanan teach you that he didn't? He did. Was, uh, that, that yeah. was you know that's really good, great dark stuff because it was you know it was it was reminiscent because see, I've seen the scene three times in this last week. Is is uh, Palpatine and Anakin? You know where? How can mm. I learn this? Uh, not from a Jedi. Yeah, it's <laughs> those are the the moments I really like, and and it did to me tied into that a little
5: bit.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I do. I like that other moment later where Ezra really felt like he should turn around and uh, destroy the transport as well as the TIE fighters just in case. So I liked showing without being too vicious for any kids watching of like he is using he's learning these powers. You can make an argument that they're practical because it's just a slightly meaner way to kill Stormtroopers. Mm. Uh, But then actually crossing over into we don't need to kill those people. But you've been using these, your passion and your anger. So now Mm. you kind of just do want to kill. Right. Mm. It's a nice, subtle way to show that it is actually affecting him. And that problem that Star Wars sometimes has of like, you do have to show that the dark side is not just a different philosophy, but especially on a show like this, it's bad. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And also that he wanted to harness these dark powers to protect his friends. So it was like there was kind of like this thing where I did empathize with him. And I'm like, well, yeah, you want to save your friends by any means necessary. But mm-hmm. what what cost is that?
4: It, it ties into the turn of Anakin and the Bendu address that, exactly. which is a, such a, you know, hey, you, the Holocron itself isn't the problem. It's what you want to do with it. And sometimes your intentions are good and that's mm-hmm. going to lead you down the wrong path. Uh, again, watching Yoda talk to Anakin about in, in the prequels about attachments and, and that's why, and it's going to, you know, love and all those things. Not bad, but this is why it will affect you in this way. Yeah. Uh, again, it kept in the bigger Force themes, which was the big strength of this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Can I uh, talk
1: about something? Oh, please. I don't know, what, what do you guys think of the Ugnaughts? I mean, have they been on Rebels <laughs> before? <laughs> yeah, have, they have. I have not. This was my first time seeing them, and I was like, oh, oh, yeah. okay. These guys yeah. are funny.
2: My Martini and I laughed. When Hondo uh, Snort communicated
5: <laughs> with you the
2: Ugnats for sure. I
5: loved that. Yeah,
2: it, it was <laughs> goony as hell, but yeah. it was really funny at the same time. It yeah. was and, it, and it is a weird tone thing of just like, Ezra just murdered some people. Oh, the funny pirates making snort noises. <laughs> I
1: love those little guys. And my daughter, we're reading the, Jeff- she's obsessed with Jeffrey Brown's uh, uh, Darth Vader and Leia, Princess yeah, Leia book. Okay. And in the one of the panels, it has the Ugnaughts, and she loves them. So immediately <laughs> I thought of her, and I'm like, oh, man, she was only older, she'd get a kick out of that. Yeah,
4: especially the one dying. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> poor, poor, guy. Poor, guy. poor guy. Poor guy. Poor guy. But uh, just, you talked about the tone balance, Hondo. Again, a character I'm okay with, yeah. but uh, it's a Clone Wars Reclamation Project yep. character. Um, but that uh,
2: kind of uh, put the balance of the episode a little off, right? Yeah, it's and it's interesting because Hondo was a legitimate badass mm-hmm. in the Clone Wars. Like, he yeah. still played for comedy as, like, a pirate, and... But he, like, he went toe-to-toe with Anakin, and he's mm-hmm. willing to really slaughter people and yeah. mm-hmm. captured Dooku. He was a badass, and I, I can see that, well, he's older, and now he's just sort of this has-been right floating around the galaxy. But there's also a little bit of discrepancy there for me. Uh, yeah, and I love Hondo, yeah. but I, I want to spend some more time with the main characters, so...
4: Yeah, and you had talked about how, um, not that this is becoming the Hondo series, but but in this particular episode coming back, I felt we spent just as much time with, with Hondo as uh, some of the main characters. And then other characters, like, Hera's just flying and shooting. Yeah. Yep. And I still don't know much about her other than the moment of demoting Ezra.
2: Yeah. Uh, Sabine, I'm still not getting And I know that we're going to get that. We get those standalone episodes. We had yeah. standalone episodes with Hera and Sabine, but we're still feeling in season two But we're still yeah. feeling this Like I don't know Still, I still don't feel I know We had some great moments With her and her father uh, Again
4: I know it's coming But I In, in the first episodes Of this season I would have loved to Just have it be them Yeah And that's maybe What I would have wanted From the episode don't get rid of Hondo don't even get rid of the nuts yeah uh, have fun of those bring back a puffer pig I don't care but uh to start this off I would have I still want to know a little bit more about those characters and where they are yeah. from where we left off
2: I totally agree with that and I'm a hypocrite that if the next episode is just Darth maul staring at the camera going on a monologue for 22 minutes I'll be thrilled because <laughs> some of the characters that they're bringing back like yes yeah, I'll take yeah, all right. the Darth Maul you can give me
4: yeah, yeah well and I'm and I'm fine with the rec we, we joke about it being a feloni's reclamation project I'm fine with that it, it, he got that series is whisked away from him So this is a great opportunity And I, that's why uh, and, and being critical of the show uh, and, and the point you make Joseph and, and, and Jennifer Were feeling of not knowing What the show is I still see it as a power struggle That maybe Filoni's trying to win slowly Yeah And I have a lot of faith That they'll do it And that's why I, I come to the show Every time with love Because it's a new Star Wars Yeah Story every week While yeah. the season's going And I'm okay with that
2: Yeah and I, I would suggest if you want to be even—I don't know—if you're more confused or maybe enlightened, watching it live with all the commercials. Mm-hmm. The they've added this new bumper where they said we'll be right back, and then somebody said, "But we're going to go into touch stations, make up for power converters." Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Uh, and then the onslaught of weird toys super extra weird like at least three things that spit yeah. the cabbage patch like what is what were they called the cabbage patch so real that yeah. have LCD eyes. oh no so, like every one of these toys i'm just like why are you trying to give children nightmares <laughs> so either i'm totally out of touch or it just it feels to me like executives going like hey kid would you like this would you like that? would you like this how about this creepy weird thing and the and then it, it's interesting to me to think, like, if the same mentality that yeah. creates Cabbage Patch so real mm-hmm. is also a strong voice in what's happening in Star Wars Rebels. Like, yeah, yeah. is there some cartoonish executive with a cigar coming <laughs> in going, yeah, no, no, nope, We need some mugnots in there. Uh, put them little pig monsters in there and make the pirate go.
4: <laughs> I think
2: that will sell some Cabbage Patch.
4: Knowledge. And Dave Filoni just pulls his cowboy hat down and says, I've got a bigger plan. But yes, <laughs> i have
2: that. Just we'll like Thrawn, Felonia has a bigger like plan
4: I do want to, Before we uh, wrap up this discussion on Rebels here uh, I do want to talk a little bit about Thrawn yeah. And then talk about uh, Ezra uh, And this theory, Joseph, that we're going to discuss About who he might be Because everyone loves a good Ezra theory That's right Quickly, Thrawn this was big. This was the big reveal over the summer. Mm-hmm. Guess who's coming back? And I, uh, I'm okay with it. Love it. I want to see more of it. Uh, Lars Mikkelsen done a great job voicing mm-hmm. it. All the elements are there. It, it wasn't as impactful as I hoped it would be. Doesn't mean it was bad. Doesn't mean I'm pulling the plug on it. But it just, again, I got to go bench press.
2: Yeah, I was, <laughs> uh, I was happy to see him. And I think, again, it would have been uh, great if he, he had his whole own episode. And I, I'm sure he will. So this was just an introduction. Mm -hmm. I think they handled the balance of introducing Thrawn as this super tactician without uh, making Tarkin seem like an an idiot. Right. Well, Mm -hmm. because that's always my my problem of like, well, how do you show that he's this master without making all of our other long-term villains look like idiots? Right. And I thought they did a good job with that. Uh, And uh, I like... I really like what they promoted and what he said here is, like, I'm going to get inside them. I'm going to think how they think. Because that makes me think that we will get all these things we've been talking about where we'll get to know, through Thrawn, truly get to know Sabine. Right. Because he needs to find out everything about her and how she feels about it. And if Thrawn's going to do that, then we get to see through Thrawn's eyes, at least and really get to know these characters on a deeper level. So that's my big hope with Thrawn.
4: Totally on board for that. And again, you're right. He is, they kept with what we know of this character. Um, it wasn't like, I just guess, impactful in the sense of, I should there should have been some real loss that they felt that they knew were up against, but that's probably coming later. Um, but Thrawn's also not that kind of guy. He's not going to show up and wipe out a planet, yeah. you know? So I get it, and I think your point is right there. I, uh, again, it was okay, and I got new Thrawn action figures probably coming. Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer, how did you take uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn's entrance?
1: Uh, I want to go bench press afterwards. Uh, I just—you yeah, yeah. know, it didn't really— I'll spot,
3: yeah.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe it was built up so much for me that mm. I really enjoyed reading about this character, and so I was expecting something a little bit different. Mm. It didn't have the impact—the gravitas mm-hmm, that I was mm-hmm. called—but then again— it's a kid's it's a kid's show, you mm-hmm. know, and so he's not gonna be as twisted or like relish. I don't mm-hmm. know. I maybe I need to watch it again.
4: Yeah. I, I just thought too it, they did a good job over the summer revealing it. Yes. I thought
2: the trailer was impactful, more yes. impactful than this moment. Yeah, maybe that's exactly. it, that the trailer took yeah. away any punch because it was a lot of the stuff from the trailer. Yeah,
4: and I know they're not going to hide it. They need to advertise why you should watch this season, but right. it's almost one of those things that would have been a jump out of my seat or bed this morning. I
2: would have skipped the gym oh, yeah. if suddenly Thrawn showed up. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I yeah. get they can't, but, right. can't, but yeah. yeah. And I will say real quick, another compliment for it, that... I think they, they created the stakes that Ezra was really screwing up that mission by being bold and angry. Right. Mm-hmm. And I did actually feel some emotion at the Phantom mm-hmm. being destroyed. the yeah. Part of the yeah. ghost ship that separates. Like, okay, well, that's, you know, they, they're not going to be slaughtering main characters left and right. Yeah. Like, he wasn't going to get Sabine killed. Right. Uh, so they managed to set up some stakes of his failure, and they made me feel it. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is a compliment to the show. Oh, right. That's true. Absolutely. Uh, good episode.
4: But the final thing uh, is Ezra himself... Who is he? Is he Snoke? Is he Ray's father? Is he? Is he Ray? Who knows? Uh, is he <laughs> a knight of Ren? Is he Luke Skywalker? We don't know. Um, but there is a theory. Uh, what is this theory? The Joseph? theory
2: uh, is that Ezra will be played in Episode Eight. By Benicio Del Toro Mm. Which I My instinct is no Because it's Mm -hmm. just too deep Mm -hmm. Of connection between the movies And Rebels but I really like The logic behind this of The inevitable place that Rebels goes from my perspective Mm -hmm. I I shouldn't use Inevitable loosely but that Kanan Dies because we can't have too many Jedi running around And that uh, uh, Ezra is permanently on the dark side So I like the logic that He is permanently on the dark side and he's Mm -hmm. floating around somewhere during all the story we know and still alive as a very Mm -hmm. old, very angry, very evil man uh, in episode eight. I like that idea.
4: Um, I'm like you then. I don't I want something big and special from Del Toro. Yeah, Um, that's not it. But uh, I don't. Yeah, I'm okay with Ezra showing up some other place, some other uh, other way. If that's it. We'll see how it plays. Yeah. I would trust Ryan Johnson. But it's It's also so weird in this connected universe to think that, yeah, we geek out when Dodona's mentioned, but will we have that same effect in Rogue One where they're like, I got the plans from Sabine? Will we be like, <laughs> Rebels! Or be like, okay, I guess it counts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Jennifer, do you like this theory?
1: No, I don't. (laughs) I don't. You know, with Saw Gerrera, it works because he was a little bit more, number one, the character was older. He was Mm -hmm. more of a mysterious character. We didn't, you know, side character. With Ezra, no. I just Mm. don't think, like you said, I want something special from Benicio. and I think he's going to bring something so good and so deep and dark that to me would be a real mismatch with the way that um, Ezra is being portrayed. Portrayed. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Saying.
2: I agree. Right. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think it'll happen, but it'd be... Cool.
4: It'd be cool. I love the theories. It's fun to have those theories. Season three of Rebels is out of the gate. It's off and running. We'll be talking from it from time to time. We won't be doing uh, direct reviews at this point, maybe uh, maybe some other time or some other way. But right now, uh, you know, it's something we'll mention when there's big moments and we'll have fun with it. Uh, I'm definitely not going to miss an episode. Uh, don't take my uh, criticisms or uh, trepidations as me uh, not liking the series. I'm on board. It's Star Wars on my DVR every Saturday. I uh, like that, so I'm sure you guys are, are with me on that. Absolutely. Hopefully, Jennifer yeah. will watch it.
1: I, yeah, I'm totally on board. <laughs> More Ugnaughts, please.
4: <laughs> um, I think we have time for one fan question. One close with one, Joseph. There,
2: I was thinking that first one there. Yeah, let's do that one. Uh, so, this ties into what we were just talking about. It is from at Timis Trevor on Twitter, a good fan of Force Center. Thank you for all your support. He asks, What's the most likely Rebels character in Rogue One or Rogue One characters in Rebels? Mm. Something uh, we were just talking about. Hey, that's like it's a connector question here. Yeah. Um,
4: Jennifer, you got any ideas? You're thinking hard. I know yeah, you don't watch Rebels as much hard. as us. You want that Ugnaught in? I mean, He's dead. I got bad news <laughs> for yeah. you. Turnbo no. or Turgna, whatever his yeah. name is, is
2: dead. <laughs> <I would laughs> to, say, to, to not going to be alive anymore.
1: <laughs> I want to hear your guys' thing, but I'll just throw out maybe like, uh, like sure. Sabine, Hera, would yeah. that make sense?
2: Yeah, I think uh, Rogue One characters in Rebels, uh, I think the door is wide open because we'll see Rogue One halfway through this season of Rebels. Mm-hmm. I think Rebels will continue for at least two seasons. Yeah. And once we already know the Jared M of the World and mm-hmm. the Cassian Anders, that'd be another fun thing for them to bring in. So and it's Before the events of Rogue One. So plenty of room for them to play. Yeah. Jin Urso could be a main character in season five of Rebels, no problem. Didn't even think about that. That'd be cool. So um, (laughs) that direction? Yeah.
4: One thing. The mention of Dodonna sparks the mention of a name that you just said, Cassian Andor, who seems to be, he's a recruiter for the Rebellion. Right. Mm-hmm. He's important uh, to the connective thread of the cells. Um, you know, I'd like to see in Rebels, and I think we need to see uh, more of, because uh, in, 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 she never gets the spotlight, is Mon Mothma.
3: Yeah. Oh, Mon yeah, Mothma, that's...
4: if she's the head honcho, yeah. they're all going to answer to her at some point, right? Yeah. So I think, you know, Bail Organa's been in there, so it would make some sense to have those type of characters. Characters. On the flip side, as the Empire um, uh, s- tries to fight against these guys, you know, could could Krennic show up?
2: Yeah, Ooh. you know, yeah, something like it starts that. Starts to get crowded with with bad guys. I yeah, think. but uh, in terms of rebels in this movie, Rogue One, I think yeah. there should at least be a nod because uh, I think that they are, are close enough in time period mm-hmm. and close enough in subject matter that they're both about the rebels. Yeah, uh, but it's so touchy because I think. I want the story of Rogue One to be about we are desperate. We don't have mm-hmm. Jedi. We don't have the power that we'd like to have. Right. But we do in Rebels, and that something's going to happen with both Kanan mm-hmm. and Ezra. I would love just, I would love Sabine in the background.
5: Mm.
3: Yes. Yeah, because I feel
2: like she's the character, like, if everything fell apart with all of our characters in Rebels, I feel like Sabine is kind of the character who would go on, and I think she'd look amazing yeah. on screen. Uh, To just see Sabine in the background spray painting Something would be great (laughs) Absolutely
4: I think though we all know that the answer Of who's going to make the jump from Rebels To Rogue One is Chopper (laughs) Absolutely
1: Yeah actually I could see that
4: Cassie and Andrew's going to turn the corner and be like hey Chopper And just that's the scene That's the scene. <laughs> I think
2: that's that's the scene. Uh, I think we've answered the question there, I'm Trevor. Okay with that. Or Trevor. half the movie will be Hondo. Hondo, <laughs> Hondo shows up. I got your uh, plans right here. Rogue Hondo
4: yeah. coming uh, to the theaters uh, this December. I got an and an Ewok on my team. <laughs> <Pretty good. laughs> Trevor, thanks for the question. As always, there's some more questions we'll get to later. As always, you can uh, reach out to us on Facebook, on Twitter, and send us this question. Use the hashtag ForceCenter Center, and we will find them. If you're on Twitter uh, or directly to us on our Facebook page. Uh, uh we've been making a call for action joseph yeah uh, we're gonna take a moment as we close for this to talk about itunes we asked out there we really kind of sh- opened the door and told you guys why it's important it's not just to feed our fragile egos that we need your rates <laughs> uh ratings and reviews on itunes it's important to the success of this show algorithms and whatnot it's big fancy tech stuff a lot of you probably do know it some of you don't know it, and, and that's why. And we put a call to action,
2: and our re- ratings and reviews, Joseph, just about tripled. Yep, a huge, huge response. Uh, yeah, we plugged it the last two episodes, so thank you guys so much for doing that. Uh, we're we're going to be Thrawn-like, and we're going to be strategic, mm-hmm. and it is so cool that you guys are willing to go on missions for us when we ask mm-hmm. for specific help. So the iTunes uh, ballooned. So the mission we're going to ask for this time is, if you are a Twitter person, we would love more Twitter. Followers. Mm-hmm. So if you are on Twitter and you are up for a mission, uh, listen to old Grand Admiral Thrawn <laughs> as he slowly, menacingly whispers Follow us on Twitter. At Four Center Pod Yes, you can do
4: that by going, as Joseph said As Joseph Thrawn said At Four Center Pod Uh, Our numbers uh, are small on there And again, it just helps us get the word out And spread the word And makes, uh, unfortunately in this world Again, as I pull back the curtains uh, You know, coming from a producing and booking standpoint As I do with Screen Junkies you absolutely at times, it is sometimes disgusting, but sometimes you sit down and you look, we got person A, person B, who we have on the show, how many followers do they have? Yep. Yeah. It is a, a, a just what we've built for us in this digital world. Uh, it is what it is. And so it, it helps with credibility when you're trying to book guests or trying to reach out and try to do things. Uh, they go to your Twitter page and go, 42 followers? Not today, kid. Um, and so we're, we got a, a small but mighty number, and we appreciate it. So if you have that moment, do that, too. And by all means, continue to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Uh, we I went through every review, and, and you guys are so generous in your words. and it, it means a lot to us. But again, it's not just about our ego. Mine is too fragile to fix anyways. Um, do that, but you can follow these fine people uh, at, at, all, at their own Twitter pages as well, because they need numbers, too. Right, Jennifer?
1: That's right. I need some numbers. And you can find me on Twitter at... Jennifer Landa or my YouTube page youtube.com slash Jennifer Landa where I recently made a terrible BB-8 sandwich.
4: So great. I watched that video and I, I, I was hungry. Uh, I think <laughs> next <laughs> time we record Jennifer you got to bring some BB-8 sandwiches. Oh boy. Oh
1: boy.
2: I'll devour them like a little Ugnut. 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 Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram It's at Joseph Scrimshaw Please follow me on Twitter Like all my tweets, uh, retweet them Because if you don't, Mark Hamill will unfollow me oh, <laughs> I don't yeah. want that to happen uh, A lot of pressure And if you need more podcasts in your life You can check out uh, my other podcast Obsessed podcast, it's on the Feral Audio Network You can start with Jennifer's episode About DIY projects And learn about the times that she made all the things That are in the background of her appearance On the Star Wars show <laughs> Absolutely right.
4: Uh, thank you guys for joining, uh, join me here today on the on the show. Here you can follow me at Ken Napsok for all my adventures as well. So that is it. That is the show. Until next time, where we come back and discuss and answer your questions and talk about Star Wars. Just remember. <laughs>